The S. Anthony Says Podcast is a proud member of the Podcast Revolution Network. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast starring S. Anthony Thomas. I am he, and this is episode number 219. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys for coming back. Thank you very much for the huge blast of people that start. Apparently, um, uh, people listen during the week, but then a whole lot of people start listening on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So thank you for that. Apparently, you guys, some of you, about a third of you to a half of you decide to download this crap on the weekends and listen to it. And I don't care when you download it. I'm glad you did. And thank you very much. Now, um, like I said, this is episode two, number 219. And here's the funny thing about this episode. I was going to do another segment on something else. I was setting up the equipment to get ready to record this thing here. And I got a, I got a phone call from one of my relatives and they wanted me to come pick them up. Now, it's a weird thing because everybody knows when I record this thing and everybody pretty much knows do not bother me until this is done, edited and uploaded. So when it comes to be uh, Monday at midnight, I can just basically press the publish button and then uh, I can send this out to my sass potters and that would be you. So everybody knows that. So I figured, all right. He's got, he, they know, so obviously it's important because they, like I said, they know what the deal is. So I go help him with his situation. Not going to say what it is, but I helped him with his situation. Okay. So I'm taking him home. And you know how sometimes people do things that are really annoying and it just kind of ticks you off badly. You know, because like in under normal circumstances, everybody say we all live to be 90 to 100 years old. Okay. During the course of that long period of time, maybe a handful, if if that, most people don't have that big monster bad thing happening to them. And I'm not talking about somebody getting sick and dying because that happens to everybody or you just drop dead when you're 95 years old or whatever. I'm not talking about that. That's the natural course of life. We're all going to die. Dig. You dig it. I dig it. We know it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a big giant thing that just kind of messes everything up. You know, a car crashes through your through your house, you know, a tornado or some crap like that. I'm talking about that doesn't happen to the same people on a regular basis. Usually you get a couple of those maybe in your lifetime. So those aren't the kind of things that define whether not your day sucks or your life sucks or your year sucks or your month sucks. It's not that. It's the little tiny things that happen on a regular basis that kind of pile up. The kind of things that you run into all the time that annoy the crap out of you. The kind of things that I like to refer to as things that make a person, the person, the people, whoever make these tiny little annoyances happen to you. These people are drop kickable. Yeah, I said it. They are drop kickable. Very drop kickable. And when I say drop kickable, I'm not talking about a drop kick in NFL football. I, you know, when you take the, the quarterback goes back and then he, instead of passing the ball, he throws the drops the ball and then kicks it basically doing a punt. I'm not. That's a drop kick. And sometimes you kick a field goal that way in NFL football. 
or, or maybe even rugby, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Not that type of drop kick. No, no. I'm talking about the WWE version of a drop kick. You know what I mean? Where there's a person you're, you want to knock down and you run at them in full speed and you jump until your body is parallel to the floor with the intention of having both of your feet strike them in the chest, knocking them to the ground. That's what I mean by drop kick. And there are so many people during the course of a day that are drop kickable now a drop kick hurts it's uncomfortable it's not designed to maim or kill it's designed to knock you down okay but i'm talking about there's a whole lot of people who deserve to be drop kicked and i'll explain what i mean damn it I'm driving them home and I'm in a hurry because I'm supposed to be recording this. I'm actually recording this a couple of hours later than I would like to, but it's okay. I had to help him with his situation. No big deal. But I did want to get back as quickly as possible. I'm trying to make a right turn into the block before the block where I have to make the left turn where his house is. And I make the right turn. Now, there's a guy with a cane and he's walking across the street slowly and it's like, what are you going to do? Get mad at the dude with the cane? You can't get mad at the dude with the cane. So I'm, I'm, I'm turning slowly and he looks back and he starts to try to go faster. And I'm, I don't want to make the guy with the cane try to go faster. You don't want to make the guy with the cane go faster. No. So what I do is I roll down the window and said, no problem, good sir. No problem, my brother. Take your time. Take your time, my brother. And he looks back at me and he says, thank you, young man. He called me young man, which ought to tell you how old the bastard actually is. <laughs> so I make the turn. No big deal. I didn't even think about it. And what if what happened next didn't happen, I would literally would not even remembered it. It's just that there was a similar situation seven seconds later that made me realize in comparison how much different these two situations were. After making the right turn, I now drive down the block and I'm about to make a left turn onto my relative's block where I'm going to drop him off after helping him out with his situation. I'm about to make the turn and as it turns out, there's a person walking down the street, a young healthy man in good shape. He sees me about to make the turn and the natural thing, the nice thing, the thing that I would do, the thing that many people would do, the thing that anyone who wasn't an a-hole would do, which is either stop and allow me to turn which is the best course of action or quickly get across the street either one was fine with me i would have preferred to have him wait but that's okay but what did he do he pretended not to see the mighty toyota camry and not to see the even mightier s anthony thomas and his relative and he walked slowly across the street as I said before, young healthy man walked slowly across the street and then the bastard stopped in the middle of the street, which is slightly more than a car width wide, which means I can't go around him. He ties both shoes, which were already tied. Now, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't honked the horn. We don't have any history. He was being a you know what to me just because he could. And I'll be honest with you, my reptilian brain was thinking, run the bastard over. But I'm not that type of guy. The mammalian brain on top of the reptilian brain said, nah, just podcast about how much of a douche this dick is. Ah, ha, ha. And that's what I'm doing. 
although I would wouldn't mind at least tapping him with the mighty Toyota Camry. So he gets up and walks away as if he had some kind of victory. He didn't have a victory. <laughs> so I drive my relative home and I drop him off and my relative goes, what's with that guy? And I go, I don't know. And I pull off. But all I could think about was how much in my mind as he sat there in the middle of the street, bent over one knee on the ground, tying shoes that were already tied, retying the other shoe when he didn't have to do that for some reason being antagonistic. All I could think about was how much I would have loved to get out of my car, wait, sneak around to the passenger side where he couldn't see me because he was trying not to look at me and just getting in the in a running position. And then as soon as he stood up, from the back of the mighty Toyota Camry, running towards him, jumping until I was leaning my body back till I was parallel to the ground and drop kicking his punk ass with my size 12s right across his chest. Oh, that would have been so good. Oh, to watch him roll down the street. Oh, that would have been incredible. There's so many people during the course of your life that deserve to be drop kicked. Like I said, you don't want to do anything really bad to them. You don't want to kill them or shoot them or stab them. You don't want them to go to jail. You don't want to punch them in the face, but you damn sure want to drop kick them. Just sit back, my friends. Think over the course of your day, over your week, over your month, over your year. How many people would have been satisfying? incredibly satisfying unbelievably satisfying to just get in a running position wait till they weren't looking and then as they were turning around running that but them in full speed jumping in the air leaning your body till you were parallel to the ground and drop kicking their punk asses how many would you how come on i'm 47 years old i know at least 25 people i would love to have drop kicked over the course of my life Oh, yeah. And that guy right there that I described that happened right before I came back here to record this was the 25th one. Okay, who am I kidding? There's 25 people a week I want to drop kick. I was just trying to be nice. You know what I'm saying? Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You don't want to kill the person. You don't even necessarily want them to get a ticket. You, you, in the back of your mind, if you're like me, you would love nothing better than to have the person that cuts you off in traffic sitting there laughing and smiling because he got in front of you. Ah, ha, 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 being all arrogant about it, laughing and joking with the passenger about it. You can see him laughing and motioning back to you with their thumb over their shoulder like, look at that guy. I got in front of him. Ha, 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 ha. And you know what you they're talking about. And you know they didn't have to do that because there were no cars behind you they could have waited 3.2 seconds and gotten behind you and gotten to where they were going to go anyway without endangering you but they did it anyway and there will be nothing better than nothing better in the world than to have them pull into a parking lot not know that you're there and you get into the crouching position behind the mighty toyota camry you wait until they're not looking and they're sitting there going i cut in front of that guy i didn't even have to do it because i'm such a loser i need all of these little victories because my life sucks and then you wait till they turn around you run at them at full speed you jump in the air till your body's parallel to the ground and you sink your size 12s or whatever size your feet are right into their punk ass chest and drop kick the punk ass bastard onto the ground you know you'd love to do it don't act like you don't there's so many people that are just drop kickable so many people 
Do you not watch cable news, my friends? Hmm. I watch cable news sometimes because to me, being lied to by jackasses is amusing on occasion. It's really, really embarrassing as someone who's actually informed watching and listening to these jackasses talking to me like I don't know what I'm talking about, like I haven't done research before I open my mouth about anything, because I do, and watching them lie to me and realizing the only way I don't even have to do research to fact check the bastards. I can hear the lie bell go off after every third third sentence, and then this happened, bang, and another thing that happened, bang. And then this happened began, and this particular politician did they but the bung and you know they're lying. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't you just love it? Wouldn't you just love it if they were sitting there asking questions about someone who's actually telling the truth and trying to bend the truth to their specific ideology, even though facts don't bear it out? Wouldn't you love it if one of the people that were talking to one of these talking heads said, Listen, All you're doing here now is asking me these leading questions like a really badly trained lawyer and not allowing me to make these answers. And I already know that this is being recording, which means you are going to chop this up to make me look as bad as possible. And quite frankly, I don't even know why I decided to come on to your ridiculous show because I know what a hack journalist you actually are and then have the person get up and storm out which is essentially what the hack journalist wants them to do so they can have a wonderful viral video and then have the hack journalist who's supposedly a reporter, who's supposedly an anchor, turn around and look at the camera with that smirk on their face as if something good happened, as if they were victorious, right? And then I want the camera to keep rolling as the journalist gets up to go to get a cup of coffee and as he spins around in his chair to go into the break room, I want the guest to have been there the whole time hiding behind one of the teleprompters in the running position and run towards him at full speed jump up into the air until their bodies parallel to the floor and drop kick their punk asses right across the damn desk i would love it you would love it and it would go viral and you know it Now, in many cases some people that you want to drop kick actually are things that are really really important you know, if you've ever been in a relationship, see, I'm, a, I'm 47 years old. So when I date ladies nine times out of 10, they already have children. And I've been very, very fortunate with the exes I've run across because most of them have either been long gone or they showed up and re- and they liked me or they showed up and they realized if they start any crap, I'm, how, how can I put this politely? They better not start any crap. But I've seen it before. I've seen friends of mine be in a situation. And who knows? I may be in a situation like this at some point in the future. I don't know. But you're dating a lady and she has a child already. And the guy, the father, the guy, the daddy, the guy, the sperm donor is long gone. Didn't pay child support. Didn't contact the lady. The lady tries to find him. She finds him. He takes off and goes someplace else. That kind of guy. You know, and I'm telling you right now, my friends, that guy goes away. He likes knowing that she's around. He thinks, well, she has a kid. 
My kid, haha, I have an in. I can always sneak back there and, and sniff around and see whether or not I can, you know, have some access to her delicious buttocks again. Even though the last time I had access to her delicious buttocks, she had a kid and I decided to be a punk and hide and hide and hide and then show up and give her $20 and then not show up again for three months and then send some money with my sister and then not pay my sister back and all of that crap. You've seen those dudes. And a lot of times the lady never really has another relationship, never gets married again, only has occasional boyfriends who hang around for a while but don't want to raise a kid or hang around and then that guy is a pain in the neck and then you're, she's always complaining. You know what I'm saying. But those, those that's a different situation because the guy's usually not around in those situations. But there are times when you get with the woman, she's got the kid, the kid's great, the lady's great, the guy's long gone, and you start to build a relationship with the kid and with the lady, and all of a sudden she's a serious girlfriend, she doesn't mind you hanging around with the kids, and all of a sudden her family starts to like you, and you're starting to love the kid, the kid loves you, you love her, she loves you, you both love the kid, the kid loves both of you, the family loves you, you love the family, and everything is going along really good. And then word gets out to this bastard who's been hiding behind a rose bush 80 miles away on an off chance she might ask money for the kid that came half from his balls. He finds out she's happy. Oh, no, he can't have that. All of a sudden, he finds out that, what do you mean he calls him dad? Well, he probably calls him dad because the dude, the kid barely knows your punk ass. And this guy's been living in a house that he paid for. And they're living in a house with him that the wife, the husband and the wife paid for. And they're both taking care of the kids. And he's the one going to the soccer games and the football games. He's the one paying for the karate lessons. He's the one sitting there throwing the football. He's the ones paying their health insurance. He's the one helping to buy the food he's the one that going to the hospital appointments he's the one going to the father-son dinners on all of that crap and you did none of that crap you could have done that crap but you didn't do that crap because he now does the crap and now you're mad because he's doing the crap you piece of crap and what happens Instead of just staying away like you were doing the past five years or so, you decide to show up. And the new guy doesn't mind. It's like, hey, that's really his dad. Not a big deal. I don't. I know I'm stepdad. Not a problem. I'll step back and, you know, he'll do his dad thing. And then since I actually live in the house, I'll do the stepdad thing. I mean, that's not. there's nothing wrong with kids having an extra person loving them. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody likes to be loved by a bunch of different people who want to take care of them and help them out. And build their life up and give them the tools they need to succeed. And the dude shows up again. The, the dad, the sperm donor who didn't give a damn shows up again. Now what happens? Now all of a sudden he starts showing up unannounced. You know, with the little passive aggressive stuff. Little passive aggressive stuff. Taking little shots at stepdad. Stepdad's above it. And he realizes he can't get to stepdad because stepdad's too damn cool. Can't get to the mom because she already wrote you off. There's an emotional scar tissue on her that doesn't allow you to touch the sensitive parts. You can't bother her anymore. But you can bother the nine-year-old, can't you? 
All of a sudden, the same guy who didn't want to be around is now calling the nine-year-old. And instead of saying, how are you doing, son? How's school, son? Love you, son. Do you need any money, son? I was at your game, son. None of that crap. All of a sudden, he's just asking the boy questions about what mommy's doing. Oh, no. Right? wants to find out early in the relationship before they got married he wants to find out whether or not you're over a lot how often you go over does he come in the morning does he leave in the morning what does he do what is he wearing all sorts of in the trying to turn the kid into james freaking bond like he's a spy in our house for that punk ass now there's nothing wrong with the dad wanting to make sure that the dude that's around his kid is a cool person that's actually part of the dad's job but she's had boyfriends before she She's even had a living boyfriend before. She had a fiancé before. And you knew about it, but you didn't give a damn, didn't you? Because there was something inside his punk ass that knew the guy wasn't going to be around. But this time, this guy is in it for the long haul. This guy is has actually married her now. This guy ain't going anyplace because he doesn't want to go anyplace. And she doesn't want to go him to go anyplace. Oh, no. So he now uses the kid to get to them, to maybe ruin their relationship. That's what he's doing. But the relationship's too strong. They're happy no matter what he does. And it really bothers him now because he cannot damage the relationship. But he can hurt the kid. He can bother the kid. He can make the kid feel guilty. He can say he's going to show up and not show up. He can say, hey, drop the kid off and not be around. He can do that. And you've seen it before, and I've seen it before, and I, and that's happened. This is this is all the things I'm describing actually happened to someone else, not to me. And as you know, in this podcast, if it actually happened to me, I'll actually tell you. I will. I change some of the stories, and I'll merge a couple of characters together through things that actually happened to me to protect the innocent. I'll update. I'll adjust the stories and add humor to the stories to protect the innocent. Like I'm doing in this case, a couple of changes have been made so the person doesn't get necessarily identified. But the idea is about 92% ac- true, I should say. It's def- completely accurate, but 92% true. And that's what this guy did. There was no reason for that. He, like I said, he could have just stayed away and left to get alone. And that's the kind of guy that when he shows up after a while, instead of just sitting back, you look at him and he shows up and you know he's going to start fights. You know he's going to annoy the kid. You know he's going to do something stupid. You know he's going to do something inappropriate and annoying. He's going to be try to be a little too affectionate with the wife, with the, with the wife, with, with the other guy's wife or try to be a little bit, you know, uh, extra strong with their handshake. With the, and you know that's coming and then you're looking at him and you're going, mm-hmm. And he walks in the house and he's got the wrong toy for the kid, even though the kid told him what toy he wanted. His dumb ass really was only using this toy as an excuse to get in the house and look around. So he got the wrong toy and he, the kid's disappointed and trying to smile. So now you're looking at the kid. He's looking at the kid and the kid's upset, but he doesn't want to upset daddy. And the, the new stepdaddy's looking at him. Right? He goes over and kisses the wife on the cheek and he does the lovey-dovey eyes. When, you know, over the top, the kind of thing you would never do to another person. I've kissed my friends, girlfriends on the cheek before. Never gave them the lovey-dovey eyes like I really wish I could bang you. I never did that crap because I didn't want to. And even if I did want to, which I've never wanted to, 
I wouldn't do that. He's trying to be disrespectful. Now the now the wife's up looking at him like, what the hell was that? And he looks over at the husband. And then he shakes their hand, tries to squeeze their hand. Oh, yeah. Then he goes back over to the kid. Hey, how you like that toy that's wrong? And that's not the toy that you wanted because I'm an insensitive bastard. And he goes, this is great, Dad. And all of a sudden, the husband gets in the running position. And the, 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 the original father, the biological father, goes, why are you in the running position? Oh, no reason. Could you do me a favor and stand right by the window? What am I doing this for? Oh, no reason. ha, <laughs> ha. And then he notices that the wife is standing with a starter pistol. And she goes, you're not going to, what is the deal with this? He goes, it's not, a, it's not a real gun. It's just a starter pistol. What do you need a starter pistol for? Oh, you'll find out. And then the kid stands in front of his biological father and he holds up one of those red uh, <laughs> matador blankets and holds it up and he goes, Toro, Toro, Toro. And then the wife shoots the starter pistol and the father, the real father, not the biological father, but the real father that's going to be there from now on, runs at full speed, jumps into the air till his body's parallel to the ground and shoots his size 14 shoes right into the chest of that bastard and drop kicks his punk ass through the window. Why? Because he deserves to be drop kicked. <laughs> There's so many people in the world that need to be drop kicked. You know who they are. You know that there are people that need to be drop kicked. We all have people that need to be drop kicked. Unfortunately, we can't drop kick them because it's called assaults. But in your mind, tell me, what's the number? You know there's a number. How many people does it's uh, five o'clock on Saturday, East Coast time in New Jersey? How many people today at five o'clock since you woke up at whatever time you woke up? If you've been outside today, how many? You know what? You're probably going to be listening to this Monday. You know, you might even be listening to this next week. because A lot of you guys download this and listen to it on the weekends. But let's just say whatever day this is, if you're listening to this at night, how many people today? Did you want to get into the running position, run towards him at full speed, jump in the air till your body's parallel to the floor and drop kick their punk asses? How many? And if you're listening to this in the morning on your drive, or on your morning run, or when you're mowing the lawn or whatever the hell you're doing, if you're listening to this in the morning, how many people yesterday did you want to get into the running position, run at their punk asses, jump in the air until your body was parallel to the floor, and drop kick their punk asses out of the out of the city, out of the city? How many people? I can honestly say today was a good day. Like that Ice Cube song. Today was a good day. I only wanted to drop kick one person today. That's a low number for me. And that's that jackass that tied his shoes in the street. So I'm hoping that somehow, if karma is real, sometime in the near future, this jackass is going to be in a huge huge hurry and i hope he's in the middle of i-95 i hope he's in i-95 and i hope something happens that locks his punk ass on 95 for about 35 minutes and whatever he wanted to go to i hope his punk ass is late for it oh that would be good now i'll never know about it but just the prospect of it happening makes me feel great Oh, yeah. I know that sounds weird, but come on. We're all human. 
And every human being knows the joys of wanting to drop kick somebody's punk ass who deserves it. Don't act like you don't feel the same way. I know you do. You bastards. <laughs> Segment over. All right, folks, let's talk about a little something here. And uh, are you a grateful type of person? I'm a grateful type of person and I'm a mostly polite type of guy. You know, if somebody does something nice for me, I like to say thank you. I like to let them know about the gratitude. I like to let them know that I appreciate what they did. You know, like when somebody retweets me on uh, Twitter, I say thanks. Okay? I can't say I, I say thanks to everybody because, you know, when it gets to like nine gazillion people, you can't write thanks to everybody and actually live your life. But I try to give say thanks to as many people as possible. Why? Because you didn't have to do that. You did it, and I appreciate it. It's great to be grateful. Being grateful actually feels good, mainly because, one, somebody did something nice for you, and two, it's nice to see somebody actually smiling and happy, not only because they were able to help you, but because they know you appreciated it. It's a good feeling. You know, you've all helped somebody with something, you know, whether it be something big or small, and they give you a genuine thank you back. Remember how that felt. Pretty damn good, didn't it? Yes. Conversely, on the other side of the equation, you have what I like to refer to as ungrateful pieces of crap. And when people are ungrateful, that it's amazing how badly that annoys you. How annoyed, how angry you get when someone's not grateful, when you did something for them for which they should be grateful. You know, sometimes they don't even know when to shut the hell up. You know, had a guy who was staying at my damn place because his place. Well, let's just say something happened to his place. This is another one of those situations where I'm not going to get into specifics. But let's just say he could not go back to where he was living for one reason or another. And that's all I'll say. And so the bastard got to stay with me and I didn't have a problem with it. Everything was cool. No, I do not want any rent from money from you. You weren't, you know, uh, this is my apartment. I'm letting you stay here for a while. No problem. Now, most other people that have ever stayed with my, in my spot saw what my spot looked like when they got there. And they made it a point to make sure that it actually resembled my spot, even with them there. They realized this is somebody else's spot and I shall respect it like someone else's spot, but not this bastard my place was spotless oh yeah even my tv screen was spotless oh yeah one time a piece of dust actually floated into the window said oh crap this is s anthony's pace place i better get out of here because he doesn't play that crap that's right and my place looked pretty damn good until this bastard showed up at first he was almost never there. Good. But then not only had his house, well, let's just say he couldn't go back to his place. I'm not going to say why. She threw him out. I'm not going to say why. She threw his punk ass out. I'm not going to say why. She didn't want him anymore because he's an asshole. I'm not going to say why. She got rid of his ass. And after he had been in my spot for a little while, I understood why she got rid of his punk ass. Oh, I understood. My place looked a certain way when he got there, and within a day, it did not look like that same place. Did he rearrange anything? No, not really. He was just a messy, disgusting bastard. 
Oh, yeah. Now, if you're living in somebody else's space and they're giving you some place to stay because of some circumstances that I'm not going to mention, circumstances that I will not, I am not allowed to divulge. She threw his ass out. Circumstances that I'm not going to use the rub into his face. She got tired of his punk ass and I don't blame her. I'm not going to talk about that. She got rid of his ass. And now my place is messed up. And I'm sitting there going, he's only been here a week. And it already looks like somebody was beating each other to death with cats in here. Okay, it looked like somebody was having a mud wrestling match with a hippopotamus up in this piece when it was nice and clean. The nasty bastard. Now, didn't you just get tossed out of your wife's house? Yeah, I say your wife's house because let's be honest, <laughs> you ain't going to be on that lease, on that, on that, that ownership paper long punk ass. But I'm saying that well, this is a week. You were with her for 10 years. I can't even imagine what she had to put up with your punk ass. And I know I know why. I silently took his wife's side and hoped she would take his dumb ass to the cleaners. Okay, not to the cleaners because if he's in the, if she takes him to the cleaners, she, then that's his punk ass is probably going to stay weird near me longer. So I hope she doesn't take him into the cleaners. I hope she had, takes him to the tailors that's good enough because then there will be no cleaning and just a little bit of stitching <laughs> but isn't that ungrateful you somebody gives you a place to stay the place has it looks in one particular way it's clean and neat and then you get there and instead of respect the rules of the owner's house instead of respecting the way they like to keep things clean and neat you decided to be looking like you the bunch of gorillas had a fight throwing their own feces back and forth and their feces was on fire and their feces was wrapped up around a grenade with no pin in it that's what your place looks like because of this nasty bastard ungrateful piece of crap And you got to throw his punk ass out. You don't want to. And you feel bad tossing this punk ass out because, you know, the next the, the second most reliable friend, you're the most reliable and trusted friend. You realize now that number two, who's going to come along? Oh, couldn't handle it. huh? <laughs> I'll take it, man. Don't worry about it. And you go. <laughs> you better call the third in line and get him ready. And a week goes by and the guy, reliable man number two, calls you reliable man number one and goes, I don't blame you for throwing his ass out. Well, what happened? It was like he was in here having a mop fight and a mud wrestling match in my damn house. And my house is clean like yours is. And this bastard just jacked my house up. He messed up my couches and effed up my table. He messed my rug up. He messed up the television set. The bathroom's effed up. And Because that's what it starts to sound like. And he goes, I, I, I pawned him off to the third most reliable friend. And then another week goes by and guy number three gets you on speakerphone and is talking to you and number two. And he goes, listen, jackasses, why didn't you warn me about this ungrateful house wrecking bastard? And you look at him and you go, ha ha ha, that's what you get, jackass. You should have taken yourself off the list of reliable people, you dumb bastard. 
But that's what happens, man. People are ungrateful, ungrateful for what you do. And if you're staying at somebody else's house, follow their rules. You should be, you can be actually a little bit neater than they are. Even if they're meticulously neat, you should be double meticulously neat because anything you do that's not up to their standards is compounded, is multiplied by 80. I know a guy that was at this lady's house and her house was immaculate plus and he was sitting at the computer with a juice. You don't do that next to somebody else's computer. He's sitting there with a juice and she's looking at him and she you could tell she wants to walk over there and drop kick him in the throat and she puts a coaster under his thing before his that stupid cup melts up leaves a ring on the wood table and then she looks at the table it's a glass table and in the middle of that glass table you know you have a lollipop and you eat the lollipop and there's like a little bit of candy left on the stick right around the stick and then you usually throw that away but he had four of those eating lollipop sticks with a little bit of the sugary crap on the top of the stick laying on her brand new glass table Oh no, that's just ungrateful for the being there. But we all have people that are ungrateful, man. We all have people that are ungrateful. I had a friend of mine, man. Oh, everybody knows what I do for a living. And back then I was actually performing around with my, not, not, this was actually like four different stand-up shows ago. So this was a while ago, four different hour and hour and 20 minute different sets that I had written back to back to back to back. This was like the first of those. So this was quite a, it was a little while ago. And I'm coming back and everybody knew that I was coming home at like 1, 1.30. And everybody knew I had some stuff I had to do at 6 o'clock in the morning. And everybody knew that I was not going to be getting a lot of sleep. And everybody knew to leave me alone. And everybody knew, knew, not to bother me. Everybody, I shouldn't say everybody. Everybody but this bastard. Oh, what the hell? Good God, man. What the, oh, man. Oh, and at the time, I had a friend of mine that was sick. I didn't necessarily know if it was life threatening, but we knew that you wanted to be, you know, if the phone rings at that time of night, you know, it ain't good. Even if you don't have a friend that's sick, if the phone rings at three o'clock in the morning, it's not good. It's never. Broom. I was wondering if I could come over there and get it on with you. Me and my five nymphomaniac friends that can't get pregnant and are all disease free. It's never that phone call. Broom. I'm a I'm an eccentric billionaire and I just wanted to randomly call someone in the middle of the night and give them 50 million tax free dollars. It's never that, is it? No. Broom. Hey, man. I stuck by the side of the road, and I'm about an hour outside of New Jersey. I know it's late, and I know that my car is a piece of crap, and I should have never gone this far. And it's raining outside, and people are splashing water on me. I really need you to come pick me up. And by the way, I'm going to give you really, really bad directions. So a trip that should take an hour, which is really, really out of your way to begin with, is actually going to take two and a half hours. And then when you get here, you're going to realize that there was a really easy way to get here. And if I had been paying attention to where I was driving at all, I could have actually saved you some time getting here. Because even though I'm now saying it's an hour trip, it's actually a 45 minute trip with accurate directions, seeing as how it's three o'clock in the morning and there's no traffic except for the occasional car that's coming by and splashing water on me and it's amazing how when i talk for some reason all of the sounds in the background stop it's, it's almost as if i'm making the background sounds with my mouth 
then talking, then making the background sounds. But, but that, of course, could not be the case because in this scenario, I'm actually outside and not making the sound effects with my mouth. And you go, what do you need? I need you to come pick me up, man. And then you go pick the bastard up. And like I said, he doesn't need. First of all, the car's a hunk of crap. It's okay to put, 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 put around the city. But you don't take your crap car that overheats and blows up. You don't take that crap an hour outside of the city into the damn forest with that crap. Hell are you doing? I didn't even want to know why he was out there and didn't give a damn. All I know was everybody know I knows I got home at one o'clock and that I got to be someplace at six o'clock and I ain't going to have enough sleep to begin with. And he has 50 friends. We got the same 50 friends. Any one of them who could actually do it without damaging their plans. He could have called any one of them. But unfortunately, like I said, on the reliability scale, I have locked down the number one spot. So who do they call? Ghostbusters. No, they don't call the Ghostbusters, you dumb bastards. They call S. Anthony. So I roll up at him and it's been a long ass ride. And as I said, his direction sucked. And back then they, they, there was no GPS to put in the car. So either you found it or you didn't. Okay. And I finally pull up to the bastard and his car's jacked up and you say, I'm having, just leave the car, man. Well, I'll just have somebody come back and get it. You know, I just want to get out of here, man. You know, it's really late. I don't want to be, I want to get some sleep. Oh, do you want to get some sleep? Really? Do you want to get some sleep? Do you? What's that like? Man, it's cold out here, man. Let me get in the car. And he gets in the car and he slams the car door too hard. It's not like the car door did anything to the bastard, but you overlook it. He's been out in the cold. I get it. It's not that cold, but I'll overlook it. It's not like he slams the door like that all the time. Not a big deal. And then you start driving away and then he starts laughing and joking and telling you the stupid story about why he's out here in the first place. And you're looking at him like, why are you out here with a car that you know damn well can't make this trip? You just knew that you had somebody that was going to pick your punk ass up and you knew it was going to be me and you knew you were going to be able to rely on me and you knew I wouldn't let you stand out here in the cold, which is what I should have done, you dumb bastard. And then... It happens. You're sitting there fuming at the bastard. Fuming. You now know it's like 4.30 now. And you know damn well that you can't go back to sleep. Your mind as well just start to prepare for the crap that you have to do. And you also know that now there is absolutely no way you could ever, ever, ever possibly perform at more than about 65% capacity because of how tired and worn out you are. You have now had your thing, whatever that thing is that you're doing, that you had to get up early for. It has now been damaged severely by your jackass friend not giving a crap, not caring, not thinking about calling somebody else, not being grateful for the ride is coming in five, four, three, two. One. When are you going to vacuum this car, man? Oh, no. You're looking at that cigarette lighter and you don't even smoke. And then you're looking over at him and you're just imagining clicking that thing in and pressing it into the side of his cheek. You won't do it because you're not a violent guy. But everybody, even nonviolent people, 
Uh, I'll put it to you this way. If the if the Dalai Lama was in the back seat of the car, you know what he'd done? He would have just reared back and slapped the crap out of him. You should really be more grateful. He picked you up at three in the morning. You ungrateful bastard. In another life, I would still slap the shit out of you. Wow. Did you realize that the Dalai Lama just slapped the shit out of you and said when he comes back in another life, he'd slap the shit out of you again? Excuse me. Um. Excuse me. Yes. You, you, you're a Buddhist, right? Yes, I am. And you're, you're the lead, leader of the Tibetan Buddhists. This is true. And you're a nonviolent guy. Of course. But but you're saying that you would definitely slap the shit out. Oh, I'd fuck him up. You just cursed. Yes, it's, it's, it's worth cursing. It's worth cursing. He deserves to be here. You, you, should pull, you should pull over. You should get out of the car. You should beat the shit out of him. I will testify for you. I mean, who's not going to believe me? No, I'm not going to put you in that kind of position. Okay? <laughs> and how the hell did you get in my car? Don't ask stupid questions or I'll slap you too. <laughs> I digress. Now, listen. Right? So he's going, well, how come you, you didn't vacuum his car, man? And I'm going, did you? You do not. You don't get to say crap. To me about how I vacuum my car or don't vacuum my car, you bastard. I had an audition, you douche, that I had to go to and some other stuff I had to go to and I had to be ready at 6 o'clock in the morning to do all that crap. And your punk ass takes your bullcrap car that you know sucks that you've even said yourself is a around-the-town putt-putt that you wouldn't take on a trip and then you take it on the trip and then you call me first? You bastard. How come he didn't have AAA? Well, I had these pants I like, man. I had to get them there. And it cost $65, man. You would have spent 60 bucks. You'd have had AAA. Yeah, but look at me in these pants. Yeah. The only time I'm thinking of it, it's easier for me to just give him the 60 bucks and buy the AAA service form. Because I know he's going to do more dumb crap. And it would have been, he would have been able to get his three free toes with the $60 plan. And of course, his dumb ass is going to be stranded three times a year. Okay, I, let's be honest, more like four or five times a year. But it would have been worth it to me to have 60, to give him the 60 bucks. So the first three times that year that he would go someplace that he didn't belong with his bullcrap car and he got stranded, he would not have been able to call me. He would have called me the next day and had a what he thinks is a funny story to tell me. But at the very least, I would have gotten adequate sleep. But not this bastard. It's amazing how ungrateful people can be sometimes. You know? And that was a long time ago. You know, when he has since uh, stopped being a knucklehead, he's actually now number three. He's, been, he's replaced number three on the reliability scale. Number three is down to number seven. Uh, when it comes to being reliable, which is not a big deal. I mean, the, being in the top 10 of the most reliable friends, when you factor in the number of people that I actually consider friends, is actually pretty damn good. Am I still number one? You're damn right. But it's nice to know that someone else, the top three or four, it's nice to have them around, you know? And now that he's into the number three spot, he's actually one of the people that gets called by people in spots 700, 701, and 702 when they do stupid crap. And when they do stupid crap and he has to be the one that cleans up for them, know what I do? I smile a little bit. 
because he sits at the table and tells me about how ungrateful the bastards were to him. And I'm sitting there looking at him like, a ha, 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 that's what you get, punk. <laughs> it's amazing how, that, I mean, that really does bother people when somebody's just not grateful. Even when little kids do it to you, you know what I mean? Little kids, you know, you, I've, actually, I've actually heard parents go, you ungrateful little bastard, you know? <laughs> Little kid sitting in the cart. He wants this toy. He wants that toy. He wants that. He get, the cart is full of toys for him. And these are not punk ass toys either. I'm talking about Xbox this and Xbox Y box, Z box. The whole damn alphabet of boxes. And he's got 67 games for each one of them freaking things. And this box and PlayStation this, 6, 7, and PlayStation 12, PlayStation 80, and all of that crap and different discs, all of that crap. And he wanted one more thing. He wasn't satisfied with the 75 things cramped into the car. He wanted that one more thing. And the parents go, No, you got enough stuff. And he flips out like they were killing him. And the parent looks down. You ungrateful bastard. And under normal circumstances, people will go, I can't believe that person used that type of language to their child. That is an absolute disgrace. And it was just, and just, and because you would never hear me talking about to my child that way. I make sure that there's no profanity around my child. I mean, I say H-E double hockey. I don't even say H-E double hockey sticks because my kid one time I, I was going to say it and I, okay, I said it one time. I'll admit it. I said H-E double hockey sticks and, the, and my son said, mom, hockey sticks are shaped like L so that means the word you were actually spelling is h-e-l-l which spells mom and i i did i was embarrassed by that so i say h-e double something something and, and the kid is too dumb to put it together i never said my child was smart he's kind of a dumbass. I'm, I'm sorry he's kind of a dumb a double snakes okay because i don't want him to know i called him a dumbass because that's because the oh, actually, but then again i said dumb i should that the, he's a duh duh um uh golden arches backwards d a double snakes that's what he is so you can put that together yourself and know that i'm what i'm saying about my son you just you should not use that type of language that's wrong to use that type of language around children but as it turns out in this particular case after this kid flipped out when his mom and dad got him the xbox the y box the z box the quadruple box the double playstation triple playstation with all the damn games and triple games and double games and all of that crap and he flipped out and his parents said you ungrateful bastard the same same lady who would have gone through the same thing saying don't don't talk like that in front of your child she actually walked up to the kid and said shut the fuck up you little piece of shit those parents bought you that bullshit i can't afford to buy any of that shit for my child oh my god i wish it was okay to slap the shit out of you you little fucker and the parents looked at the lady and said hey 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 Thank you for saying it because child protective services can't do crap to you. Is there any way you could slap the shit out of him and then I can act outraged because I can't hit him because I'd go to jail for slapping the shit out of him? And the lady says, yes, I can. And then she slaps the shit out of the kid. And the parent goes, okay, here, uh, Bill, could you come up and we're going to act outraged because there's video cameras there that way that the child protective services can't do anything to us. And you, and then, okay, none of that actually happened. <laughs> But it's really, really, it's a really difficult thing to deal with someone who's not grateful when you help them out. You know, that's why, that's why in all seriousness, you know, like I said, when I go places, man, I, I, I say, please, I say, thank yous. 
And it's amazing how a genuine thank you means a lot to people. You know, um, in the hood, you know, you go into the Chinese food store with the glass, you know, that glass where you have to push the money underneath the glass and they reach around with your sodas and stuff. And people always kind of throw, give me a Lucy. And they throw a quarter in there, whatever Lucy. I was saying Lucy's probably a buck now. Shows you how long it's been since I'm. But let's just say for the sake of argument, a quarter, okay? Damn it, shut up. You know what I'm talking about. Give me a Lucy. Bang. And they throw the money down there. Yo, 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 give me one of them, uh, you know, and the guy, you know. And I walk in and I say, oh, yeah, uh, I'd, uh, I'd like to have a this, this, and this, please. Huh? Yeah, I would like to have a that, 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 please. Oh, okay. Here's your change. Oh, uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. And then I come back the next time. And you can, and it's the same thing with the gas station. It's a gas station where everybody is rude to this brother. Okay, so the dude's from India. Does that mean you got to be rude to the dude? It's a, it's a family gas station. It's not. It's a standalone family gas station. You know, um, it doesn't have any kind of you know logo on it where it's part of a chain. Like I said, and everybody that goes in there, let's just say they're not the nicest people to this brother. This Indian brother. And it's like, you know, either people are just like dismissive, like here, you're here to serve a purpose. Here's my money drone. Get it done. Bye. Die, bastard. Or they're real rude. Excuse me. You ain't even from this country. Huh? You know. And I walked in and I said, yeah, give me uh, give me 20 on seven, please. Oh, uh, OK. So, all right. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, no, thank you. Right now, even to this day, when I walk in, he, he literally smiles when I walk in there. And the only difference between me and everyone else, like I said, my interactions about f- as long as it says, give me 10 on 20. I mean, give me uh, $20 on pump number seven. And then thank you. That's as, that's as long as our interaction is. But I'm grateful because he's doing his job. Well, he could drag his feet. He could be slow. He could be mean, but he's nice. And he's grateful because I'm being nice. And I'm grateful because he's being nice. And it's a pleasant experience. So when you help somebody, even if it's in an altruistic mindset, you want them to be grateful, right? So if somebody helps you out, damn it, be grateful. Be grateful. It's the best way to go. <laughs> Segment over. Okay, my friends, let me talk to you about one last thing here. And that thing is shame. You know, a lot of times we be, we're ashamed about things we shouldn't really be ashamed of. And it's really kind of dumb. You know, you ever done something just so dumb that you don't want anybody to know about it? You keep it to yourself. You don't even tell your best friend. You don't tell your spouse. You don't even acknowledge it to yourself because it's so dumb. You know, I you know, I had a friend of mine that was looking for glasses in his house for an hour. He was telling me, man, I hope I can find my glasses before you come to pick me up. I come to pick him up. He opens the door and I said, oh, you found your glasses. He goes, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? I'm still tearing this house up. And I point to his forehead and he puts his hand on his head and he goes, Ah oh, shit. That's right. He was looking for the glasses that were on his head. Dumb. Now had had he come to the door and those glasses say as he was leaning forward to grab the door, the glasses slipped down and fell on his face, he would have never said, You know, I just found the glasses a second ago. My dumb ass was walking around the house tearing the house apart looking for my glasses and they were on my head the whole time. Ha <laughs> ha He would have said nothing. He would have said, Yeah, I found them. Where'd you find them? And they were in the cupboard. Yeah. You have no cupboard. Shut up. <laughs> That's what happens, man. And we get embarrassed about dumb stuff. We get embarrassed about things that happen to us naturally. I had girlfriends that I was getting it on with on a regular basis who would not let acknowledge that they went to the bathroom. 
who would go out of their way to make sure there was no hint that they ever went to the bathroom. I had girlfriends who would act like they I got to go um, so getting something from the car. And I was like, why does she get something from the car three or four times a day and never comes back upstairs? And as it turns out, she was going to get something from the car meant I'm going to pass gas, but I don't want to know the him, let him know that I do that. And I'm going, yeah, I know you go to the bathroom and because you have a gastrointestinal system like everyone else does, you have flatulence. It's okay. Now don't do it in my face, but I know you're going to have gas. It's really not that big a deal. Have you noticed that I've had gas occasionally, you know, she was ashamed of that. There's no reason to be ashamed of that crap. You really think you're the only one that does that? You really think one day you're going to pass gas or somebody's going to catch you in the bath, coming out of the bathroom and everyone else, you know, is going to go, excuse me, I'm very curious as to why you keep going into that room there. I had to go to the bathroom. It's good. The bathroom. Oh, yes. Clean yourself. I understand that. But I didn't hear any water running in the tub or the the shower. Well, I had to use the toilet. Toilet? What is a toilet? You know, when you eat the food and then you have to pass. Excuse me. You mean to tell me that after you eat, after your body removes the needed sustenance, the needed vitamins and minerals from the food, you mean it just doesn't disappear into the ether? No. You mean to tell me, I I heard there were rumors there was a hole in your bottom where it's released and it's then discarded into this toilet you speak of yeah 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 you sit down and it comes out oh god that's disgusting Ugh, I, I thought it was just a rumor my god we have no holes in our bottoms here as i said it goes into the ether that's interesting oh what the hell was that i had to pass gas excuse me it's not enough that you go into the bathroom and release Ugh excess unwanted food product from a hole in your bottom but you mean to me the same hole in your bottom releases this foul smelling air yes it's it's natural it is not natural there are 400 people in that other room none of us have holes in our bottom you are a mutant I am now going to inform them of your difference, and we are going to come back in here with pitchforks and fire and string you up. Okay, that's never going to happen. That's not true. But that's how it feels to some people. They're ashamed. Shame. Why do you feel shame? There's no reason to feel shame. Everybody goes to the bathroom. Everybody passes gas. Everybody loses their glasses on the top of their forehead. And I did something so dumb, so stupid, so dumb that I'm not even embarrassed about it. Sometimes when people do something dumb, you go, wow, he did that. He must be dumb. But sometimes a person does something so dumb that you know they're not that dumb. So as it turns out, it's something you can laugh at like this. I'm driving back to my home and one of my relatives calls me and says, hey, yes. I said, yes. They say, are you coming by my house? And I go, no. But when they said, are you coming by my house? I thought they actually meant, was I physically going to drive to their house to hang out with them? And I was not. But I was passing their house on my journey home. And that's what they meant. I said, I'm not, I'm not coming over today. Oh, no, 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 no. I was going, are you, are you driving by the house? Well, yeah, I got to drive by the house to go home. If a friend of yours ever calls you up and says, are you going by my house? Always say 
no, because they are now going to give you an errand. And I know what you're thinking. The one time you say no, something amazing is going to happen. Something awesome is going to happen and you're going to miss out on it. I get it. I almost missed out on something great one time. I was good. There was a club I was going to play. I was didn't feel well. I was like, man, I'm going to chill this weekend. I'm not going anywhere. I was going to get some sleep. And they go, we really would like you on the show, man. And I go, oh, all right. And like I said, something told me do the show. And I did the show. And I'm glad I did the show. Why? Because Bill Hicks was on the show. And Bill Hicks is one of my favorite comics. Bill Hicks is one of my comedy heroes. Bill Hicks is one of the best comedians of all time. And Bill Hicks was was really nice to me because he was a great guy rest in peace bill hicks but in the normal circumstances know what would have happened in the normal circumstances i would have said no to the club and some jackass would have been headlining and doing gilligan's island jokes and i ain't interested in seeing that crap so i said yes i'm going by your home could you do me a favor s yes could you get me a couple of cans of bloop-de-bloop and a bag of lip-de-boop-boop and a soda bloop-de-bloop-bloop? I'll give you the money when you get here. Not a problem. Because I, it's a penalty of mine for being dumb enough to say yes. So they wanted this particular soup. And it was a very, very prominent brand of soup that I'm not going to mention. And uh, I look up and down an aisle called soup in the supermarket. You know, the aisle that has nothing in it but soup. And I don't see that soup. So I go to other places to find another soup that's as close to that soup as that soup can be. And none of those places has that kind of soup or anything approaching that kind of soup. So I go back to that store and the soup I was looking for is right there. And I realize it was always right there, but my dumb ass didn't see it, even though I was in an aisle cold soup i still missed the soup that was right there the whole time with my dumb ass i could have been home sitting down right now but because i was so busy trying to get it done quickly i overlooked the soup that was in the place that i was already looking because i'm a dumbass. so i get the soup i throw it in the bag with the other crap and i head over to my friend's house what took you so long Oh, there was a long line in the supermarket. <laughs> and as I walked away, he goes, okay, well, thanks a lot. And I said, ah, oh, no, let me turn around. I said, dude, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I go to the supermarket to look for that soup. It was there the whole time, even though it was in an aisle called soup. I looked at all the soups. I did not even notice that soup, even though it was in a prominent section called soup. I went to a bunch of other stores looking for that soup. And then I realized I went back to the original store and the soup was there the whole time because I'm a dumbass. And the guy says, hey, man, it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. No big deal. Everybody makes mistakes like that. All right, let me get this soup on so I can give this soup to the kids, man. I got to get them sleeping. I hope they don't crush my glasses because I cannot find them. And I'm looking at them and the glasses are on his head. And I didn't say anything. I walked away got in my car and laughed at him because he's an even bigger dumbass than me. And then I felt guilty and called him and said, your glasses are on your head, you stupid moron. And he goes, no, they're... Exactly. (laughs) The dumb bastard. 
So don't be ashamed. We're all idiots. <laughs> Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 219 of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. Thank you very, very much for stopping by. Hello, Canada. Hello, Great Britain. Hello, Australia. Hello, United States of America. Hello, whatever countries in the future will be listening to this. How you doing? Thank you for listening, you beautiful sasspotters, you wonderful bastards. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast's Twitter, the podcast's Twitter is at S. Anthony Says. My Twitter is at S. Anthony Thomas. My Snapchat is S. Anthony Thomas one. Of course, I'm S. Anthony Thomas on Instagram. Look, just go to Google and type in S. Anthony Thomas and anything I'm on. Follow that crap, you bastards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I want to thank you guys very, very much uh, for listening to this. Um, my sass potters are the best. I really appreciate you guys. You guys really are the coolest bastards on the planet. And I got much love for all of you. Thank you very much for indulging me and I will see you again next week. So to me, it doesn't matter whether you're listening to this in your car, whether you got earbuds in your ear and you're mowing the lawn, whether you're running down the street, whether you're running on a treadmill, I appreciate you. And in the count of three, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. And I'm hoping that you, wherever you are in the world, whether you say it loud or whether you say it under your breath, but say it, say it with me on the count of three. You can even insert your own name if you want to, but it's better if you say my name. Why? Because I'm the one saying it, you bastards. On the count of three. One, two, three, S. Anthony. Out.